0: What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome in to Monday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, November 1st, 2021. That's right. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. That's right. First of the month. It only comes around 12 times a year, so we got to celebrate the hood holiday again November 1st 2021 like to thank everyone for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember you can find the Lockdown Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms and as we wake up on this Monday and we start talking about football and the Raiders football in the AFC West we start talking about a first place team. So we got a lot to get to on today's episode coming up in segment number three. Your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Got a lot of good feedback we'll get to in segment number three. In segment number two, as I mentioned, the team is in first place right now all by themselves. All eyes on the prize. Everything is in front of them. Everything that the Raiders want to do, everything that they started the season out with their goals to do is right in front of them. And I know that it's not exactly half a season left, but they start the second half of the season for them today. It starts today and everything that they want is right in front of them. So we'll talk about that and how they have an opportunity to show that this team truly is a lot different than the teams we've seen last year. The team we saw the year before that, that were up 6-2, to two, had a 6-2 record, had a 6-3 record and found a way to collapse and end up 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. So we'll talk all about that coming up in segment number two and how they're going to do it, how they're going to get there. Here in segment number one, as we do on the daily, give you the news and the notes of the day. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. As I mentioned, the Raiders are in sole possession of first place in the AFC West. They're sitting there at 5-2. The Chargers are now at 4-3 after dropping to the Patriots 27-24, and that was a big deal. The Chargers, who were attempting to keep pace with the Raiders in first place in the AFC West, lost that game and just really opened up the door for the Raiders. And of course, the Raiders have to play them for the very final game of the season in Week 18 this upcoming year. So this could be a game, I mentioned it on Friday, that could be a game that could be for a whole lot. Playing for the whole division, or maybe, depending on how the Raiders handle their business the rest of the way, it could already be wrapped up. But uh, them losing that game to the Patriots 27-24 was big, dropping to four and three. They're in second place. The Denver Broncos, they actually beat the Washington football team over the weekend. So they're four-and-four. Four. They snapped their four-game losing streak. They're sitting there in third. And well, tonight the Chiefs will get in action for Monday Night Football. They take on the Giants. I expect them to get the win over the Giants, but Even if they do get the win, they'll still be well in last place. They'll be moving up to 4-4, and and that'll get them tied with the Denver Broncos, so they'll be tied for third. But uh, after today, it'll still be the Raiders in first, the Chargers in second, Denver and the Chiefs pulling up the rear in the AFC West. So even though the Raiders were not in action, it was still a very successful Week 8 for the Silver and Black as uh, their bye. All it did is provide them with a one-game lead in the AFC West. Now I just wanted to go over the overall standings in the AFC, the conference. Uh, the Titans, they pulled off an overtime victory over the Indianapolis Colts. That was a big-time game right there and a big-time win for Tennessee, who I believe now has won four in a row. They're sitting there at 6-2. and two. They're the number one seed right now in the AFC, and the Raiders are right behind them at number two. If the Titans had lost that game, the Raiders would be the number one team in the AFC. Isn't that pretty crazy to think about everything that this team has gone through in a very short season so far, only seven games, to know that they had an opportunity to be the number one overall 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 seed in the AFC. They could have had that. But since Tennessee won that game, they're sitting there at one. But number two is the Raiders at five and two. They have the tiebreaker over Buffalo and Baltimore based on the best win percentage in conference games. And right now they're four and one in conference games. And remember, uh, we talked about those conference games a lot to start the season. Like, hey, this is a big deal that they're not only winning these games, but they're winning conference games because that's going to matter. That seeding is going to matter when it comes down to playoff time. And again, we are comfortable. I am comfortable talking about the playoffs right now. We'll talk much more about it segment number two, but this team with where they are right now, what they've shown so far in the season, and the talent that they have on the team, I feel like it's very reasonable to talk about the playoffs. Number three seed is the Ravens. They also sit sitting there at five and two. The Bills are right behind them at number four. The Bengals, number five, Steelers at six. The Raiders have already got a victory over them. The Chargers are at seven. The Raiders will play them week uh, 18, the final game of the season, regular season. The Patriots are at eight. The Browns at nine. The Raiders have a date with them. The Broncos are at 10. And Chiefs at 11, Colts at 12, Jets at 13, Jags are at 14, and the Texans at 15, and the Dolphins are pulling up the rear at number 16 overall. So that's the overall standings right now in the AFC. Your Las Vegas Raiders are sitting there at number two. I also wanted to speak on the trade deadline real quick. Today is November 1st, so the trade deadline's coming up tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. They've got to have the trades already into the NFL, and they've got to be working on an approval of it, or else it cannot go through. And uh, I saw a lot of reports on Sunday, especially when Jameis Winston went down for the New Orleans Saints that uh, Marcus Mariota is going to be a conversation piece for a lot of different teams and that may be true. That may be true that some other teams are talking about Marcus Mariota because they have injuries at the quarterback position but remember Raider Nation he has a no trade clause in his deal so they could talk about him all they want. They could try to make a move and trade for him, but he would have to approve it. it just, it's not like the Raiders could just say, yeah, that's good conversation. Boom, we're going to move on from him. He would have to say, yes, that's a good fit for me. That's where I want to go and approve the trade. I don't know if he's going to do that. Uh, he took a pay cut, and he put that no trade clause in his, in his contract just so he can have that kind of uh, control over his destiny. And I'm not one of those guys that are fighting and saying that Marcus Mariota's got to be on the roster because we all know he hasn't done a whole lot of anything. As a matter of fact, if they could trade him, great. And normally I wouldn't say that because I think he'd be some really good insurance behind Derek Carr. And if you know if a quarterback goes down, then you're in trouble. But having a guy that's already been in that starting position and we all got a little bit of a tease and saw what he was able to do week 15 last season when he came in against the Chargers and had an opportunity to win the game. So you know he's got the skills, but he can never stay healthy and be out there. So at this point, I'm almost I'm okay with them if they were to move on from him, to get something from him, and just have Nathan Peterman as the backup. But uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. So you might hear my Marcus Mariota's name pop up multiple times. The Saints may be interested, especially depending on how serious Jameis Winston's knee injury is. It looked like it was pretty serious. Uh, from a, from my standpoint, it looked like it was a, a ACL or maybe even a kneecap bust, but... That's just from my point of view. That's just from me sitting on the couch watching the game and seeing that his knee went away a direction it wasn't supposed to go, and it didn't look good. So it looks like Jameis Winston is probably going to be out for quite a while, if not for the season. And so the Saints may need another quarterback. Taysom Hill's out. you know, And there's other teams that may look and say, hey, we need a quarterback at this position, and Mariota might be a guy that they think about. But again, he would have to approve it. So uh, don't just think that just because a team wants him, he's going to be on the move. So just kind of pay attention to that as the trade deadline uh, rolls around tomorrow afternoon. And then my final little nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Multiple reports and outlets uh, keep putting out there that John Gruden is debating suing the NFL. And I really don't speak on these things a whole lot. One, because it just really is about him. And it's not really about the team anymore. At this point, the team is, is under the guidance of Rich Passaccia and Gus Brad. And Greg Olson and uh, Mike Mayock and company, but. Uh, It's something that I I find somewhat interesting because I I wouldn't be surprised if John Gruden decides to sue the NFL. Uh, The whole way that all this stuff is rolled out and came out obviously wasn't right. Uh, And what he said obviously wasn't right. What he put in those emails wasn't right either. Not trying to defend him at all, but uh, it's just real suspicious and funny style that he's the only one that's really taken a fall and taken an L with this whole little scandal. So uh, if he comes out and sues the NFL and the league, I wouldn't be shocked. If he comes out, sues the league, and wins, I wouldn't be shocked. But that, again, is more for him than the team, so that's why I don't really speak on it that much. Just, uh, just wanted to bring that to the table because over the weekend I saw it reported by multiple folks, including Pro Football Talk, who's really been all over it. I know a lot of Raider Nation doesn't like Mike Florio and company, but I'll tell you, man, uh, they do a really good job, really uh, kind of being on top of the news. And, and Florio, for one, was on top of this whole scenario from the jump. I mean, he really was on top of it. And I had Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. She was on my radio show on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Friday, and she was just breaking down the whole scenario, and she was excellent. If you get a chance to go back and listen, go back and listen Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920 on a Friday, man. You go ahead and listen to that second hour. It was almost the end of the show. I think she jumped on around 340. Uh, you go back and listen to what she had to say about the whole Washington football team investigation and how John Gruden really fell on the sword. And again, like she said, Not defending him, what he did was wrong, but... For it all to come out the way it did, and for him to be the only one that's taking the L, uh, something ain't right. Something smells pretty uh, suspicious about that scenario. So uh, if you get a chance to go back and listen to it, please do. It was a lot of really good stuff. Maybe I'll bring it to the table tomorrow. Maybe I'll put it on the show here. It's only a few minutes, but uh, I thought it was really good stuff from Shireen. She covers the NFL like a glove. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about how all goals are in front of the Raiders. They have their eyes on the prize. It is sitting right in front of them what they started the season off what their goals are are right there for them to take we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two before I get to that though I do want to tell you about direct tv stream and I know that a lot of folks including myself have to deal with this stuff all the time where you're Check it out one device where you're watching the game live. Then you're streaming one of your favorite shows. Then you're watching highlights on your phone. Then your neighbor's best friend's got you log in for Netflix. You know, well, there's a way to make things a lot more simple and get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever. And the best part, there's no annual contract. That is, I mean, who wants a contract? Nobody. Get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is... Every day. Alright, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Gotta talk about how all eyes should be on the prize, how everything the Raiders set off the twenty twenty one season to be is right there in front of them for the taking. They've gotta show that they are a different team than we've seen the last couple years, where they get off to a six and three start, six and two start, and then find a way to collapse. They gotta show that they are not that team and that they do have their eyes on the playoffs and that they do expect to be a playoff team. And the reason I feel comfortable bringing this up is because general manager Mike Mayock brought this up before the season ever started. Matter of fact, if you go back to September 1st, 2021 he was at a press conference i was there at the intermountain healthcare performance center and he spit, said straight up this is a playoff team this is exactly what mike mayock said on september 1st this year back to kind of normal and i'm fired up and it's part of a being back to normal
2: but b more just the accumulation of three years and at this point uh, my dad used to say don't worry about whether or not the horse is blind just load the freaking truck you know and that's where we are we, we've assembled 53 players Um, we think we're going to be a pretty good football team. Uh, we're not hiding from expectations. I think John and I would both tell you that we feel like we need to be a playoff team this year. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. And you guys are all going to put that in your headlines and and I understand it. Um, but we're not, I mean, that's what the expectation is. We think we've done, um, the infrastructure work necessary to put us in position and we got to
0: take care of business. So there's General Manager Mike Mayock on September 1st, and of course, a lot of things have happened to the Silver and Black since September 1st. Now being November 1st, so just a few months later, so many things have changed. But the one thing that's remained the same is the goal for the team, which is to be a playoff team. Five and two right now, sitting in front in the AFC West by themselves. And you know, I go back to 2002. Even you could even go back to 2016, the last time they made the playoffs. You just saw all of a sudden saw them start to come together, and you started to see a team that really. We're understanding and figuring it out and finding ways to win games. And, well, they just ended up in the playoffs of 2016. But if you go all the way back to 2002, I remember uh, going through that schedule and going through that season and uh, just going through every single game. Every time the Raiders played, put a W or a L next to the results of the game. Had that little poster on my wall. And – There was a certain point in the season, I don't remember exactly what week it was, there was a certain point in the season where I realized, like, hey, if this Denver team loses on Monday Night Football and the Raiders turn around and win, boom, they're in first place. And now, then after that, you never know what's going to happen. Once you're in first place, everything is gravy. And the rest of the season turned out to be really great, and they ended up in the Super Bowl. Now, we all know what happened in the Super Bowl. They lost to John Gruden and the Buccaneers, but... The point is they made it there and it was just a certain point in the season where it all clicked. Well, right now the Raiders have that opportunity to show that it is all clicking coming off a bye week. They should have an opportunity to get a little bit healthy, a little bit better. I'm not saying all their guys that are on IR are going to come back right away. I think it's going to be a few weeks for those guys, but they have opportunities. They have opportunities to show that they are the team that they expected to be and that even through the adversity that they've dealt with, they can overcome it and really go on to do some great things in this season, that this season wasn't a wasted season. And that's the worst thing that they could have done is just folded. Well, clearly, this team is not going to fold. You've seen that already through two weeks with interim head coach Rich Basaccia. But this week against the Giants, I mean, I don't like to you know talk about a team and just say that that's an easy W. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, Raider Nation, this week's game against the Giants should be a W. They should just go to New York and handle their business trip handle their trip, get a W, and return back to Las Vegas sitting there at 6-2 and two overall. And then they'll have kind of a commanding uh, lead in the AFC West. And again, I know it's not that easy. You just can't go ahead and consider every every game a W because the team's not very good. But when you're better, and they are, they're a better team, They're the number two team in the AFC for a reason. I mean, they're really good. They're playing really good ball on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And, hell, special teams is playing well as well. Right now is when they've got to flex their muscles and show exactly who they could be. We talked on Friday about the games that they've got to win. How many do you got to win to try to make it to the playoffs? I'm looking at seven wins. you know. And and I had someone call me on the radio on Friday and say, Hey, Q, at the beginning of the season, you only gave the team nine or ten wins. Well, first of all, what I said at the beginning of the season was they need to find a way to get 10 or 11 wins to make it to the playoffs. Now that they're sitting there at 5-2 and two and they got 10 games guaranteed left, I'm looking at it like you've got to probably get 6 wins, 7 wins to ensure yourself a playoff spot. But they have the division right in front of them. They could go and win the division. They have all these opportunities with a bunch of AFC games coming up as well. Everything is right there for anything that they've ever wanted. Everything that you hear Derek Carr say that he wants all the time is right there in front of him for the taking. He's just got to go out there and handle it. Rich Bisacci has got to go out there and push the right buttons. Greg Olson's got to continue to press the right buttons. And, and Gus Bradley's got to continue to do what he does. And if they decide that, hey, you know, in the next day or so, we're going to make one big blockbuster move to really put us over the top, great. If they do make that move, that's letting you know that they're all in on this year. That, that's the thing about it. If they go and make a trade before the trade deadline, they're making a trade to get them over the top right now. I, I mentioned Byron Jones a couple days ago and thought that that would have been a good guy that they could have brought into the, to the fold as a defensive back, just a lockdown guy across from Casey Hayward. And I had people hitting me up and say, yeah, well, what about Trayvon Mullen? He's young and up and coming. No, this is right now. If they go out and make a move for a Byron Jones or someone in that caliber, that's, that's a right now move. That's a, hey, we are all in and we're going to get it done this year. You know what I mean? Like, that's what that means. Trayvon Mullen is a good player. He is an up-and-coming guy. He is a young dude. He is on a, on a, on a rookie pay, paycheck still. But that doesn't, none of that matters. No one knows one when he's going to come back. No one knows how healthy he's going to be back when he gets back, if he's going to be ready to go. So this would be a move for right now, to be a successful team and, and get over the top. So if they were to make any move, that will kind of signify and let you know exactly what they believe in their unit, in their team, that they could be that squad to make a deep run. Again, they got the Giants this week. Then, boom, they got that primetime matchup with the Chiefs on Sunday night football. The The next few weeks are going to tell you a whole lot about the silver and black. And I know we've said that multiple times this year that, hey, this week is going to tell you a lot. But they will. This week's going to tell you a lot because the game against the Giants are supposed to win. I think they're only three-point favorites right now. But they're supposed to win this game. And it shouldn't even be close, in my opinion. The Giants are not a very good team. They should win this game. So let's see how they come out of a bye, out of a rested week, see if they come out clicking on all cylinders. Then, how do they approach a primetime game at their house against Kansas City, who's dominated the AFC West for many years and now have fallen on tough times? You know, are they going to allow the Chiefs to look like the Chiefs of old, or are they going to continue to kick them while they're down? Good teams will kick a team while they're down. Then they got the Cincinnati Bengals, who just took a, a, a tough L against the Jets over the weekend, but they're a really good team coming to town. You know, that's going to be a tough matchup. Then you got to go on the road and have another primetime game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. It's going to tell you a lot. I'm telling you, the next month, the next four games is really going to tell you a whole lot about this Raiders team, but they have the opportunity to go and really put a stranglehold on this division, especially with a a matchup with the Chiefs, and then have another AFC game against the Bengals, and I know the Cowboys are an NFC team, but just having those two AFC games back-to-back, that could really put a stranglehold on not only the division, but where they sit in the conference. Continue to put pressure on teams like the Titans. Make them keep winning. Seeding matters. Seeding matters in a major way. So it's so many different things that right now the Raiders could look at and say, man, we took a week off. We didn't play for a week, and a lot of things fell into our lap. Can we take advantage of that without feeling ourselves too much, without saying, hey, we've arrived and we've made it? They've done that the last couple years, right? They've gotten to a point where they felt like they were a little bit better than what they really were, and then they fell on their face and let it be known. Can they still have a little bit of swagger about themselves? Can they still go out there and play with confidence without – feeling themselves too much. They've got to take advantage of every opportunity that's been put in front of them. The Chargers losing was big. Denver winning fine, whatever. The Chiefs, whatever they do tonight fine. They're all in the rearview mirror right now looking at the Raiders. All the Raiders got to do is handle their business. You know when you say you want to be in control of your own destiny, I know it's early, but they're still in control of their own destiny. Whatever they want to do is what they can do. They just got to do what their motto says, just win, baby. Go out there and win. I was talking about wins and losses and how many wins it's going to take to get into the playoffs on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Friday. I had one guy hit me up and say, eight wins, Q. Eight wins. I see them winning eight. And I thought, oh, eight's a little much. But you know what? It's really not. It's, I mean, you got 10 games, and none of the teams are, are just so dominating that it's like, oh, the Raiders don't have a chance in that. There's not one team left on the schedule that I look at and say, oh, the Raiders aren't going to win that one. There's not one. And I don't want to sound like a homer and say, oh, they're going to go 10-0. and 0. Because that's just unrealistic. I mean, you have a bad day in the NFL. But there is not one team on this schedule that I could look up right now and say, the Raiders ain't going to win that game. There's not. There's some teams that I say are going to be tough games, no doubt. No doubt. But there's not one that I think they don't have a chance in that. And that does not happen every year at all. There's many games where I think, oh, man, this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a rough deal. But not this year. Not with this team. Not the way that they're playing offensively and the way they're playing solidly on defense as well. All eyes got to be on the prize. All eyes got to stay focused. All eyes got to know that they just came out of the bye week gifted a big-time gift. They're looking at a really good position. They're sitting in a good position as of right now, November 1st. You've got to go out and dominate November. You've got to go out there and handle your business in December, and you'll be playing not only one week in January, but you'll be playing multiple weeks in January, and that's the goal. That is the ultimate goal. They've got to go out. And so far, through seven games, they've only lost two. You got to go out and you got to, every four games, you've got to only allow yourself to lose maybe one at the most. That's what their goal's got to be. Out of the next four games, they could possibly drop one. Out of the next four after that, possibly drop one. That's kind of what they got to consistently do to be the dominating team that they have the ability to be. They have the ability to do it. They got to try to get some of their guys back that are injured and banged up. And then the guys that they're rocking with right now keep on rocking. And if they decide to go out and make one big move, one big splash play, then you know that this team feels like they, they, they could be all in on this year and buckle up. I would love to see them go out and make one splash move. I know everybody else wouldn't like to see it, but I, I would love to see them go and get a Byron Jones or someone to lock down secondary. You know how much better that would make the, the defensive line? And you know how much that defensive line would make that secondary that much better? I mean, those two go hand in hand. If you had another lockdown guy guy across, across from Casey Hayward who's playing lights out, come on, man. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's next level stuff. If they were to make a move like that, man, that would that would tell you all you need to know about the front office of this team and the makeup of the squad in the locker room. So that's all I got for you for segment number two. Just know that everything is in front of the Raiders as they prepare for this week's matchup with the Giants in New York. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707 654 4693. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here on the show, including Built Bar. I'll tell you about Built Bar all the time and all the great flavors that they have. And uh, Halloween was just yesterday, and they had the paranormal pumpkin and i actually got that one in the mail and you know what i did i handed out a couple for uh, halloween i don't normally hand out candy but i saw a couple kids and i said you know i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try this out and see what they think and of course i haven't seen them since but i did i hooked them up with the paranormal pumpkin built puff they also got a mystery flavor i'm not too sure what that is but it's just mystery flavor you look at the website it doesn't tell you what it is it just says order now a mystery flavor, and you'll get a prize. They also got coconut marshmallow built puffs, strawberry, cherry lime, blueberry muffin, mint brownie, coconut, peanut butter brownie, and more. Really good taste in protein bars. It's very rare that you'll say that. Tastes good, and it's good for you. Doesn't happen that often. Well, Built Bar does it all the time. Check it out today, builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 when you go to check out, and you'll save 15% off your order just like that. That's builtbar.com, promo code LOCK15. Also want to tell you about betonline.ag, and – Everything is right in front of us right now, right? Basketball, of course, football's full throttle's going on. Hockey's back. UFC, uh, boxing, everything's going on right now. And betonline.ag has got you covered. Go to the website. Check them out today on your laptop or your mobile device. You sign up. You receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You got to use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's how you get that 50% welcome bonus. So you put 500 in, you'll get 250 on top of that with the promo code Locked on. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And it's where the game starts. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go Raider Nation segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 let's start things off with ABA Ivan Davis calling to thank the Chargers for losing on Sunday to the Patriots. Here he is ABA Ivan Davis.
1: Hello this is ABA Ivan Davis and this is a great thank you to the Los Angeles Chargers for giving us a gift. The reason for my call is Raiders, you now don't have to look back. You don't have to look at the standings. We literally control our own destiny. But all these games doesn't change anything, though. We still got to win, okay? We don't have much room for error because, quite frankly, we haven't earned that type of respect, okay, as far as not making the playoffs. But the division is there for the taking. All we have to do is do what we do, and we should be in the playoffs. At least That's what I think. Okay, but it's going to get hard. Okay, we're getting ready to go from being hunters to being the hunted. That is a different animal altogether. Okay, with a target on your back. We're not going to catch anybody by surprise. They're going to work a lot harder on on how to stop us because now we're the ones that uh are being chased. Okay, so we'll see how this goes. Okay, down the stretch. But, uh, Enjoy this now. That was a big-time gift that the New England Patriots gave the uh, the Raiders. So, uh, Q, I'd love to see what you have to say about that. I'm, I'm almost sure you're going to mention this. Okay, if not, you know, please do. Anyway, uh, I know it's on to the Giants, but pretty good warm-up uh, to Giants
0: week. All right, Raiders. There he goes, ABA, Ivan Davis. Great call, my man. You're right. The division is right there for the taking. Just like I was talking about in segment number two, the Raiders got to go out there and handle their business. I mean, it's just simple as that. If they're a different team than we've seen the last few seasons, they're going to go out and do just that handle their business, but they've got to do it one game at a time. I can look forward all I want. I could talk about what they should do and what they shouldn't do. They've got to handle it one week at a time, and up first is the New York football Giants in New York on Sunday. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Eric in the 401. Says, hey, Q, Eric from the 401. Feels good to be in first place. Never thought I'd say thanks to the Patriots, but I'm saying it. Thanks, Patriots, for beating the Chargers and giving us sole possession of first place. Now we just need to keep this level of play going and win next week against the Giants. I'll be at that game, and I'm hoping to see a good one. I'm confident we could do it. This team feels different. We've been saying it this offseason, and it seems like they're extra motivated these days. Let's keep this thing rolling and win this division. Just win, baby. Raiders. Again, that's from Eric in the 401. And you're right, that's one of the biggest themes that I've had all offseason long during the preseason and training camp is that this team felt different. They've said multiple times that the team is different, that they're not that same team, that they're a close-knit bunch, you know, that they're one of those that that are have that special makeup, you know, and it's just it's, it's nice to see what they've done so far and you can't just rest on what you've done so far. You've got to keep on going. you got 10 more guaranteed. you got to go make it happen. But yeah, man, the division is right there for the taking. I would love to see the Raiders as the AFC West champs for 2021. That would be so awesome. How about hosting a, a playoff game at Allegiant Stadium? That would be dope. I don't want to get too excited and too crazy and ahead of myself, but man, that would be an awesome feeling. So uh, thank you so much for that text, my man, and uh, Raiders just got to go out there and do it. They got it. Again, they got it right there in front of them. That's why I had that segment number two that I did. It's all right there for the taking. They just got to go make it happen. Next up, I got a call from Smitty in the OC. He's calling to talk about a part of the team that he'd like to be addressed that he hasn't really heard too much about. Here he is, Smitty in the OC. Hey
1: Q, Smitty from the OC, first time caller, fucker show man. I want to ask you today about a part of the team that feel like we haven't really taken a deep dive into before, at least I haven't heard. That's the strength, conditioning, and, and training staff. And I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, if there's any potential there to kind of upgrade with, you know, Bruno leaving the, the possibility of uh, you know, some turnover on the staff. You know, I know injuries are part of the NFL, but, man, it just seems like the last three or four years, the Raiders just, just can't catch a break with key players always being hurt you know they can never get all the guys together whether it's Richie Incognito or some of these DBs and you know I know Gruden's son is on the strength and conditioning staff. so I just want to get your thoughts on you know that part of the team and you know if you think they're doing a good job if you think that's an area that could be upgraded and uh any other changes that that could be made as regards you know the health of the Raiders going forward. Thanks, you.
0: There he goes that's Smitty and the OC and off top man thank you for calling appreciate you being a new booty on the show and You know, it's funny, man. Strength and conditioning is always something I'm asked about, and it's really hard to determine if a team has a really good strength and conditioning unit or if they don't because injuries, like you mentioned, happen so often in football that you just really can't determine. I think from what I've seen that their strength and conditioning unit is a really good one. I I think they are. The coaches are really good there. I know that a lot of the names are are well-known names. Uh Deuce Gruden, he's an assistant. I'm, of course, he's going to get the most attention because of his last name and who he is, but he's just an assistant. I do think their strength and conditioning unit is great, but I, I just I couldn't honestly tell you, yeah, it is, and, and be giving you the honest truth. I'm just going with my gut feeling. So, uh, as far as turnover – I mean, there could be a ton of turnover at the end of the season. You, you just never know. Uh, depending on how the coaching staff gets shook up, if it gets shook up, if there's some changes that are made, there could be a ton of changes on, on this staff. So uh, it's just something that we'll have to wait till the end of the season before we'll really know the answer to. But I think, all in all, I think their strength and conditioning unit is just is a pretty good one. Thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up, got a pretty lengthy text from Canton Raider three three zero. Yo Q. Canton Raider 330, one, love you, man, love the work you put in, love your analysis, love how much you love the Raiders, you're the man, you deserve all the accolades. Two, been a few months, but I got a picture with you during the Hall of Fame ceremonies in Canton, Ohio. Saw you, Peyton Manning, and Charles Woodson all in the same weekend, and by far, my interaction with you was my favorite. Had one small chance to meet C. Wood, and he decided to get a picture with a young kid wearing a Broncos stuff, instead of getting a picture with me wearing Raiders gear, shaking my head. Three, about the Raiders, what's up with KJ Wright? I love how good the defense is playing, so I don't want to change a thing, but where is this dude? I feel like we never see or hear about him. Are we paying him to be a player coach, or is he just not that good? Four, I'm worried about the coaching staff headed into next year. I can't think of a way that things don't change. It seems like John Gruden handpicked all these guys, and now that he is gone, do any of these guys feel like they'll want to stay without Gruden there? And five, finally, is there a clause or rule somewhere that prevents hiring any coach during the season? I'm asking because I like Massa as interim head coach, but why does he also have to coach special teams? Are we not allowed to hire an assistant for that? Anyway, keep doing what you do. Love you, man. Canton Raider three three zero. Great stuff, my man. I appreciate the text, and uh, I remember meeting you in uh, Canton, Ohio. That was great. Uh, taking a picture with you was really cool. So I'm glad you enjoyed your your uh, Hall of Fame weekend. It was really cool to see Seawood and Tom Flores both uh, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, as far as KJ Wright goes, you know that was a guy that I was very excited about when the Raiders signed him, but he. Had hasn't got that much burn, you know? And really the guy who's really stepped up and been the man is Denzel Perriman. And I think that K.J. Wright was brought in to be the guy and Perriman was going to be extra but Perriman has been so damn good that they just can't take him off the field. I mean, he has been solid, and he's been healthy. That's been the biggest thing for him throughout the course of his career is he's always banged up. And I also think that K.J. Wright is more insurance as well. You know what I mean? I think he's insurance. I think he's coaching. I think he can go in there in a pinch. He's, I mean, he's always standing there on the sideline. He's always ready to go with his helmet on, always standing next to Gus Bradley. Every time I see him, he's ready to go. He just doesn't get in the game that often, but it's okay, because like you said, the defense is playing really well, so dance with the ones that brought you there, right? As far as the coaching staff goes, you can't hire anyone from the outside until after the season is over, and Rich Passaccia has said that he wants to stay the special teams head coach. He wants to do what his job is. That allows him to let Gus Bradley have full control of the defense without him interfering there. Let Greg Olson have complete control of the offense, not him interfering there. He's just ceo but still doing his own job, which also kind of keeps him humble, and I think that that's okay. Okay. I really do. I think that that's okay with Rich Bisaccia. And I'll tell you, man, I've had so many people that I've talked to and interviewed on Radio Nation Radio 920 that have worked really closely with Rich Bisaccia. This dude really could end up being the real deal. So many people have told me how quality of a man he is and how much of a leader he is and how much he's always wanted to be a head coach and now he's getting the opportunity. This might be something. The Raiders might be onto something special. I know I kind of questioned it and was wondering about it. This end up this might end up being something special. I'm not saying it is, but he, he has the the potential. Again, I, I go back to that Shireen Williams interview that I had, had on Friday on Raider Nation Radio 920, and she had glowing reviews and remarks about Rich Basaccia. And so I really got to get that interview and bring it to the table. I'll, I'll just use it in the news and notes segment uh, on tomorrow's show, just so you can hear it, man, because I'm telling you, this guy is getting a lot of props from some people that have been around the league for a very, very long time that know what they're talking about. So nothing's going to change as far as the coaching staff goes uh, internally right now. Nothing will change on the coaching staff till after the season. So uh, thank you so much for that, my man. Uh, Keep doing what you do. I definitely appreciate you. And we'll close things out today with a call from Raider J in North Dakota. He's calling to talk about the team and breaking down what he's seeing. Here he is, Raider J in North Dakota.
2: Hey Q, it's your boy Raider J from North Dakota. Say, we need to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Raiders. I think the Raiders are, uh, they're doing great. Derek Carr, pumping out the points. Uh, Looking at that D and you turn them up. Uh, on top of it, we're looking at our, our defense. Our defense is twice as good, if not three times as good as they were five, six years ago. 2016, we can't look back at that. We need to do what we're doing now. Now we got the points. The, Dennis got the, uh, he's got the, uh, weapons. You got Henry Ruggs. You got, you got, bring in Brian Edwards. We got, Zay Jones, we got all those boys. Our D, we got Max Crosby flying in and killing it. Yadier Gagakwe, killing it. We got our uh boys in the back. We got it all going on. Everybody needs to kind of calm down and just play one game at a time. And that's all we need to do, one game at a time. Don't just keep going in there and thinking, this is gonna be an easy game. Give it one game at a time. Our defense is finally finally out of dumpster. So anyway, this is uh Raider Jay coming from Fargo, North Dakota. Me and my brother have been Raiders fans since the late seventies. So anyway, hope hope we uh make it let's do it. Raider Nation for life. And anyway, like always, Raiders. Thank you.
0: There he goes, Raider J in North Dakota feeling himself on that call a little bit. I ain't mad at you, my man, and yeah, I mean it's one game at a time. It's always one game at a time. Now, this past week you know, I like to take a look forward and I was able to to talk about some other subjects because it was the bye week and it wasn't a game to pay attention to, but you're right. It's locked and loaded. You gotta focus in on each and every game. This week is the New York Giants, and, and that's gonna be the only focus because if you're gonna achieve everything that I talked about in segment number two, you're gonna do it by going one game at a time. So, so you can look back at the first seven games and say, okay, this is what you did great. This is what you didn't do so well. And boom, here you go. And like I said, you've got everything in front of you. It's not like you're chasing anyone. You are in complete control of what you got to do. But again, ultimately, you've got to go out there and get it done now. You've got 10 games to show who you are. Can you go seven and three? Can you go six and four? Can you go eight and two? That's what it's going to be about. You've got to do something like that. At the very minimal, you got to go six and four and hope for the best. It's, it's simple as that. At least 6-4, and four, I'm looking at 7-3 and three in these final 10 games. So thank you so much for that, Raider J. I appreciate you. That's all the time I got for today. Coming up on tomorrow's show, I got a text from Isaiah out of Washington, a call from Nick in Connecticut. I'll have more texts and more calls off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Of course, we'll have more news and notes of the day, and we'll start get into... Giants week, G-Men week. That's what it is. It's turning the page now to the G-Men coming up on Sunday from New York, East Coast early kickoff. So, uh, we're going to be talking about that all throughout the course of the week. So, until then, Rare Nation, keep doing what you're doing. Congratulations on first place. Uh, you know, take care of your family. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.